0: My paternal grandmother's family comes from a village, excuse me, a village in Bangladesh. I come from a an-
1: village. Wait, what? I come from a
0: village. I live in a village. Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen.
1: And I'm her little brother, William.
0: And this week we are doing part two of your listener stories. Things that you have sent in to us about your experiences with ghosts, maybe UFOs, just weird things that have happened to you that we are honored to be able to tell our entire audience about. So thank you so, so much to everybody who sent stuff in.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, honestly, you've stocked our stores with so many stories that it only makes sense to keep going through them. Like, it's truly, it's like supply and demand. You've supplied them, people demand them, and so we're going to read them.
0: Right, absolutely. And we even got a couple more listener stories since we did the last episode, and we'll be hanging on to those for a future episode. So don't worry about it if you sent something in and you don't hear it today. You will definitely hear it sometime in the future.
1: And definitely keep them coming, too.
0: Yes, absolutely. You can send it to gttupod at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, we love seeing that your stories are coming in. Uh, it seems like people really enjoy hearing them. So if you yeah. got something that you know you experienced in your own life, maybe something that happened to a friend or to a family member, some story that you're not even sure is true, but it's been passed down through your family for generations, share with us, and maybe it'll end up on the show.
0: Absolutely. All right, William, I'm going to kick things off this week with a little bit of an update from last week, because one of the people who sent in a story to us, Lexi, listened to the episode, and then based on what we were saying, she decided to send in a little bit more detail. Now, this is the story to remind you about the person who went into a bookstore called Too Many Books mm-hmm. and experienced like some, some sort of weird sensation that she and we were thinking maybe had to do with picking up on some sort of vibe in the store. And you and I talked about whether maybe she had a little bit of like clairsentience or something like that. Sure. Um, so this is what Lexi responded to us. She said upon further investigation with too many books, I'm pretty sure it's not named after too many cooks, but I couldn't find any date for when the shop first opened. So who knows? Ha ha. Very generous. Lexi, I want to thank you for that.
1: One of my favorite weird moments of all time from you.
0: <laughs> it was so weird. That's It great. was so weird. Um, I found out that the shop is always stocked with around 40,000 books, give or take, according to the website, in all genres. I'm still not sure about what happened there, but I almost feel better not knowing. Touching on what you guys said about me possibly being clairvoyant, I definitely wouldn't be surprised, considering that the women on my mom's side of the family have been known for being what we call a sensitive kind of like a psychic but not quite to the extent of what they cl- uh, what they claim to experience a good example is that my mom told me Excuse me, a good example that my mom told me about with this is when I was really young, too young for me or her to remember certain details, unfortunately, um, is how I would know about things that I wouldn't know about whatsoever, so that she shouldn't have known about whatsoever. And upon my mom asking me how I knew about it, I'd only respond with, my brain told me, mommy, Mm. I wish I could remember what those things were. Of course this could just be that thing with kids where they're more open toward the spiritual well spiritual realm but who knows this story is one my mom told me about, so excuse the lack of certain time frames. When I was really young, my grandmother on my mom's side passed away, so I don't really have any memories of her, but that's not relevant to the story. Shortly after she passed, my mom would feel some, something sit down on the side of her bed near her legs at night, but wouldn't see anything there when she turned her light on and never told anyone about it. This will be important to keep in mind. One day, a family friend of ours came over, and my mom and her started chatting. Quite suddenly, I think that's what my mom said. My mom's friend asked if she sometimes felt my grandmother near her. My mom said yes. Sometimes I feel her sit down at the foot of my bed. My mom's friend looked at her and said, that's not right. She told me that she sits on the side of your bed, not at the foot. Come to find out, our family friend is actually a medium and can sense spirits very well. She has since moved away from here, and we miss her quite often unfortunately i don't remember how that story ends as i haven't asked my mom about it in a long time but i'd like to think that my grandmother was checking on my mom on nights where she felt like she needed it i'll definitely let you guys know if my mom has any more experiences like that or if anything happens to me ever again wow so thank you
1: thank you very much i love the idea of getting an update it's like breaking news on a paranormal experience
0: I know. It was delightful. And that the update is that we could be right. So even better.
1: I know. We've diagnosed
0: it. (laughs) Yes. So there is precedent in Lexi's family set for Mm -hmm. people picking up on things and being sensitive, quote unquote. So maybe Lexi does have a little bit of that sensitivity. And that's what led her to feel so weird when she was in the bookstore.
1: Yeah. What is it? What was the term? They they refer to themselves as sensitives. Is that it? Mm -hmm. I love that as a term. Yeah, it's like The Shining, the sensitives. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the sensitives, the sensitives. I also love the idea of a medium correcting. No, the your mother said that she sits at the side of your bed, not the not foot. not the foot, right. which is what you've experienced. You just misspoke or something like that. Like it, it, it breathes more life into the the situation. Like I don't know, it validates it.
0: It does. It's it's a little gotcha moment.
1: Yeah, for from sure. that medium. I love that. Very cool. Thanks for the update. Me
0: too. Yeah. Thank you so much, Lexi. Very cool.
1: All right. So then our, our first news story this time comes to us from Abby saying, my story took place in college. I was attending classes over the summer and ended up being one of two other people living on the top floor of a really old dorm building. The other girl on the floor and I were friendly with the RA who let us open empty rooms and poke around. <laughs> it feels like cool. you shouldn't be allowed <laughs> to do that, but that's rad. That's awesome. The building had a huge reputation for being haunted and my friends and I were amateur ghost hunters. One day the door to an empty room slammed shut on its own. Another time, I was hanging out with a friend in his room a floor below. We watched creepy YouTube videos and out of nowhere his tape recorder flew off the desk and the play button pushed itself down. <laughs> After Did that it
0: Play something? Is that what you're about to say?
1: I I mean no, I guess that's the moment what? that's what happened. But yeah, I guess the, it was just
0: like a New Radicals tape or something. Sure. <laughs> Thinking just, about college kids. I just don't know this was. Just some tunage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> After that, I made sure I nabbed that room next semester. So because Abby saw that there was something happening in a room that may be haunted, right. they were like, yeah, I, that's going to be my room from here on out. That's wild. Yeah, they ran toward it. That's great. That's um, awesome.
0: What would you do? Would you want that room next semester?
1: Man, a semester is what, like a few months? I, I guess. It seems like a long time to to be dedicated to living in a potentially a haunted, haunted room. room. I don't know. No. Although, you know, also the the haunting that was happening there seems to not have been violent yeah, or, anything or anything like that. Yeah, why
0: not? Yeah. I'm trying to think of what I would do. I, I might, but I also feel a little bit like a chicken. Because maybe it's just that it hasn't gotten malicious yet
1: that's true they do say like you know when we covered poltergeists a million years ago like Mm -hmm. they do say that it will continue to escalate and escalate right so maybe that's
0: just the preamble i guess i i I probably wouldn't want to mess with it i think it's cool and i'd probably want to try to like visit that room sometimes if i like who lived in it but i probably wouldn't want to commit to living in it myself
1: right yeah i think that's fair i think that's fair um Back to the story, my roommate for that year was in the band, and she moved in a week before me. Without knowing any of the stories, she told me that she heard singing coming from our room's walk in closet. The first week of school, we were hanging out in the room, and one of her stuffed animals fell off of her printer and landed in an impossible position. We tried to recreate it, but it wouldn't even budge. (laughs) Wait a minute.
0: I was just processing. It. I know what was happening with this stuffed animal.
1: The the stuffed animal wouldn't budge. I do right. think so. Here's what I, it I had a
0: leaden base.
1: Yeah, I think I think what this means is that the stuffed animal fell, and they know that it fell off that shelf, but yes. where it landed does not make sense it's like you know the way that they do yeah. like um recreations if somebody jumps off a building or something like that you can tell if they were pushed or they fell because yeah. the where they landed indicates the trajectory and the force they would have fallen with you know right i think right. it's that sort of a, a thing no i um, think
0: you're right it's just the the way that it sounds yeah, is funny that exactly. you couldn't push a stuffed animal
1: Uh, Yeah, I couldn't. It's the toughest stuffed animal. (laughs) Um, We would hear a woman humming at times, and at night I could feel my bed being pressed down as if a small child was leaning in to look at me.
0: This is a lot of activity.
1: There's too much activity. This kid does not be needing to take a peek at me while I'm sleeping.
0: I don't know if Abby made the right move here.
1: Yeah, pick a different room. You can ask your RA friend to switch rooms, right? (laughs) You and I used to switch rooms all the time as kids.
0: Oh, hell yeah, it was the best. Maybe she was into it, but from my perspective, a little child leaning over to look at me and singing coming from the walk in a closet. On top of finals and and sorority rush week.
1: I know. (laughs) How much else could I possibly handle? Right, how much can a person take? I even think, you know, from Lexi's story about like, you know, it it was my mother sitting at the side of my bed. Like Mm -hmm. there's something very sweet about that Sitting at the side of the bed, the the pressure on the bed being just enough that you're like, "Ew, this is probably a small child leaning over to look at me,"
0: (laughs) or a small thing, Uh, maybe something with a childlike stature or weight. Yeah,
1: that's true, but not might not be a child. Maybe it was never a human,
0: right? Like that, um, you know, that painting, I feel like it makes the rounds as a meme. It's, it looks like it was made a long time ago and it's like kind of a Victorian looking young girl holding like a weird demon thing. Oh, sure. Does that ring a bell? (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that could be that kind of (laughs) pressure of a, a small child on a bed.
1: I love that. (laughs) Um, The creepiest experience happened just after my finals My roommate had left for the holidays that day And to be honest, everyone else on the floor was gone too I had a really late final that day The college is in the snow belt So my parents were waiting to hear how the roads were before they came up I was setting in to be picked up the next day When they decided it was safe to travel that night So I say aloud to the ghosts Well, I guess I'm heading home tonight after all Then I cross the room to pack Suddenly the same stuffed animal that fell earlier in the year flies as if it was thrown across the room at me. The creepy part was, at a Halloween event, we (laughs) found out that girls who lived in the room a few years before had had experiences of humming and things being thrown at them. I still keep in touch with my college roommate to this day. She was my maid of honor and is currently on the pandemic front lines in our nursing home. Wow. Oh, wow. That's great. Um She's pretty awesome, and while she believes in the paranormal, she is also insanely logical and my voice of reason. But to this day, she swears that we lived in a haunted dorm for two years. It was a pretty cool dorm building, to be honest, and, uh, and was said to have the ghost of a den mother who would leave iron marks on the floor if she liked you. If she liked you? <laughs> doesn't what? That, doesn't it seem like... Something that you get if the dead mother didn't decidedly did not like you.
0: I also am wondering what iron marks means exactly. I would like a follow up on this story. Yeah, Abby. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. If you wouldn't mind, I would like to know whether you liked living with the haunted room. If that was like cool with you and you're glad with the decision to make sure you got that room. What do you mean by iron marks? Um, I, I yeah, may have, this is awesome.
1: I've only got a couple sentences left, but there may be some clarification here. Okay. Um, I used to think it was just the remains of life before straightening irons. Um, the old schoolers straightened their hair with a clothes iron. Okay. In my freshman year, I had an iron mark on the floor by the end of the school year. It had moved and duplicated. So I guess old Martha liked me.
0: Okay, so it's like a, a clothing iron brand. It sounds like a scorch like, on the floor. Mark. Yeah. Huh. That's like on Marv's head in um, Home Alone.
1: <laughs> that means that the spirits really liked Marv.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a good sign. They they should have helped him out a little bit more.
1: Mm-hmm. The that spirits put a blow touch on, torch on uh, Harry's head, so they really right. liked it.
0: <laughs> awesome story.
1: That's fun. That's I even, awesome. I even think that the 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 college rumor world is something that i'm like foreign to like i Mm -hmm. i knew people at you know rutgers who were you know housed in different dorms and the different dorms had different stories and reputations and everything but i never really got a good haunted story from rutgers or anything like that but this this sort of story here does make me think about like college kids being like, yeah, yeah, this building used mm-hmm. to be an old frat house and the den mother did this. Like That that culture is so specific and yeah. I don't have any ties to it really. I'd, I'd be kind of curious for more.
0: I do like the idea of college ghost stories and yeah. all those people who are coming from different places living in a house together. It's not like an apartment building right. where people who, you know, are from all different places, live together separately. You're, like, sharing, you know, a kitchen and a bathroom and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's such a weird-sounding experience. So I feel like college ghost stories, like dorm or sorority ghost stories, might be a cool topic someday.
1: Yeah, plus it's like, you know, everybody's in that dorm for largely the same reason, even if they have different majors and stuff. Like, they're all students of this university. They are all you know, tied into that, you know, college social strata. Like, I I do think that that makes it all a little more familiar than just, yeah, my neighbor across the hall in my apartment building.
0: Right. You have inherently something in common. I wonder if a lot of college ghost stories for frat houses and sorority houses or dorms, I guess I was thinking specifically of uh, sororities and frats. I wonder if they're kind of sad. Like, it's, I mean, it's always going to be sad because it's about a dead person probably. But like... You know, there are really like extreme bummer deaths that happen oh, yeah. around sororities and frats. Yeah, it's true. So I bet the stories are interesting and have some uniformity in a bummer way.
1: That's probably pretty. Yeah, that that feels like it might be right. Although I, I also think that there are a lot of cliches about college. True. That, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be curious to do a, a deep dive. Also like yeah. college secret societies and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, Absolutely. yeah. Oh yeah, I we did. I did a college secret society way, way back in the day. It would be in like the our first batch of episodes. It was called the the Euclidean Society. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, that's in the episode with um, it's the Euclidean Society and Cicada three three zero one, which was like yes. a, a a worldwide secret society. Yeah, that that's that is right. pretty fun.
0: Yeah, that's worth looking up. Okay, so this next story comes from Sherry Lynn. In the early OOs, the aughts, I worked at the House of the Seven Gables in Salem, Massachusetts. It is commonly assumed that the house has something to do with the witch trials. Apart from Nathaniel, excuse me, apart from Nathaniel Hawthorne's descendants from the hanging judge John Hawthorne, the W was added later to distance the family from his legacy. There is no connection. However, the house itself and the other building on the property are all haunted. Unfortunately, most of the activity happens in places inaccessible to the public, but there are a couple of public places where I've had experiences. The first and most bewildering to many people is the women's bathroom in the visitor center. Lots of people figure it can't be haunted because that building was only constructed in the 1990s. Well, the property is older than the building. I don't know who's haunting the bathroom, but he or she lingers in the very last stall on the left. I would go in to open the place up and be the only person in the bathroom, but I could hear someone shuffling around in the stall. I hated having to use it because I knew I wasn't alone in there. One day, I had no choice. When you gotta go. I closed the door, slid the lock shut, and sat down to take care of business. As I sat there, I saw the lock slowly sliding to the left to unlock the door. I reached over and slid it back to lock it. It started sliding to open again. I locked it a third time and said, look, I don't need this. I don't mess with you. Don't mess with me. The lock stayed in place. I wasn't the only employee to have encounters with this spirit. I would see new guides come skittering out, sheet white, swearing up and down they were alone in the accessible stall or the first stall on the left and heard that the last stalls excuse me and heard that last stall's toilet flush, which they did.
1: I it's, hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. I'm sorry. I don't mean mm-hmm. to interrupt you here. Well,
0: Please. I guess I do.
1: I, I'm directly interrupting you. <laughs> I like the I like the tete a tete here. I like the mm-hmm. gameplay. Look, I don't need this. I don't mess with you. Don't mess with me. Right. And then the spirit does back off, kind of goes like, eh, "All right. you're right. You know what? Yeah. You've never messed with me. Fine. That's right. I'll let you, I'll leave you to your business.
0: We, right, you to your business. We've had multiple instances in um, people's stories that they send in of people saying like, please stop. Mm-hmm. And then a person stopping or, you know, like a spirit stopping. I also have talked about on the show how I did that one time. I felt That's like right. something was going on that was scaring me. And I said, Please don't scare me and please stop and nothing else happened.
1: It's not an option most people think about the 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 potential to just abstain from being just- haunted.
0: <laughs> I opt out. No, it's I- just re- just reason with the spirit.
1: Yeah. I think it That's I think all. it makes total sense. This is uh yes. If very it's supposed to be
0: a person, mm-hmm. but they're just not in the same form as you, you know, speak to them like a person.
1: I wonder if you can even take it further and compromise. Be like you can haunt me on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm haunted, f- you know, my I'm haunt free.
0: I don't see why not. I guess as long as the spirit is is willing to compromise, uh-huh. I don't see why you wouldn't put that forth. Yeah, why not? Why not? Okay. So to continue Sherry Lynn's story. In the main house, the spirit of Susanna Ingersoll can occasionally be seen. Susanna was Hawthorne's cousin, and she was the one who actually owned the house. Gossip being Salem's favorite pastime, and still is, this is how Hawthorne got the idea for his eponymous novel. He would visit with his cousin and catch up on who allegedly did what and who did what and with or to whom. If you take a tour, you might see a feminine shadow sweep around a corner or see the hem of a skirt below a table. She still likes to entertain and will do what she can to make sure visitors have a good experience in her home. In the master bedroom of the house is a writing desk that belonged to Hawthorne. This is how I made his acquaintance. It wasn't my usual job, but things have been really slow, so I volunteered to help with some light housekeeping. I was getting ready to polish the desk and knew I needed to be extra careful with it. As I was taking off my rings and bracelets, I felt Hawthorne standing behind me and I got a very clear, if you dare put a scratch on my desk, message. I assured him that I was also a writer and had nothing but respect for his physical and intellectual property. He backed away a little, but he still hung around to watch me. Hmm. The only part of the main house that I hated is the only part not open to the public, and that was the basement. They kept a, or excuse me, They keep a washer and dryer down there to wash aprons and other stuff from the cafe, which I don't think is there anymore. I'd gone down to put some aprons in the washer one afternoon, and something just felt off. I figured it was a fear cage situation. High EMF from ancient wiring nothing happened then but when i went to, when i went back to put the aprons in the dryer that funky feeling was even more profound i tr- i was transferring the aprons to the dryer and saw a figure coming at me very fast i looked up and saw a man in colonial attire not how the guides dress his face was a mask of rage and his hands were reaching for my throat I ran up the stairs, out the door, and straight into one of the maintenance men. I don't scare easy, which he knew, so he asked what was wrong. I told him, and he went down and put the rest of the aprons in the dryer for me. He even went down and got them when they were done. I never set foot in that basement again. Ooh. That's intense. That's
1: very intense. That, that goes Hands from- Hands yeah.
0: outreached for your throat? Ooh
1: especially after being so here's here's a, a term I'm going to use like respectful like I do think mm-hmm. that like in stories of the paranormal or in people's paranormal encounters that they've reported it does seem like exactly what we just said before like politely saying no thank you yeah it seems like the spirits are kind of amenable to that or or you know i don't know mm-hmm. can be can be convinced not to haunt you if they're right. really there or whatever so the idea that, like, everything so far from Sherry Lynn had been super duper respectful toward the spirits, and then it ends with a seeing a person with a uh, face like a mask of rage.
0: Right. His
1: hands reaching for her throat is so intense and unexpected and, per the rules, unwarranted?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, she didn't seem to do anything, but... At the same point, if we're talking about the idea that ghosts are, you know, people, sure, maybe this was a crappy person who right. in oh, the afterlife wants to scare people. That's how right. they get their jollies, maybe. Just like some people in life are bullies.
1: That's true. Yeah, I guess I was thinking that maybe this was the same entity over and over and over, or or something. But you're right; it could just be another person yeah. who the rules of engagement for are completely different, or right. the. You know, otherwise the rules are suspended. That's a, mm-hmm. uh, that's scary. I Yeah. And yeah. I
0: love anything about Salem.
1: I know. Salem is one of those places that we've, we've been there. I think we've talked about it before. Have we ever really, co- we haven't covered the story of the Salem witch trial or have. anything.
0: Oh no, no. I thought you were going to say the story of us going there, but no, we haven't.
1: That that would be interesting to cover as well. And maybe like do a trip someday. It's Record on our an episode list of the show to from cover. there. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I I really I do I do love it, and I love the the history of that place, and even the the description here of like maybe I was caught in a fright cage, which is this unusual concept that I, I think I'm only recently really aware of. Where you know, uh, old old wires that aren't properly secured essentially are the theory is they let off a frequency that um, it, it's almost like. Um, I don't want to call it a placebo effect because it's an actual thing. But, like, the idea is that they they sort of, like, trigger you and make you uncomfortable, you know? Yeah.
0: We um, talked about it in the Mount Washington episode, which is a handful of shows ago.
1: Oh, okay. But, yeah, just the description of how, like, being in the basement of one of the houses in Salem might mm-hmm. have, like, unsafe wiring and create a fear cage. It's like, ah, yeah, because that place is, like, hundreds of years old. And right. those buildings have been preserved. Like, what's... What's going on up there? Let's let's get right. up there. Um, okay, uh, this next story comes to us by way of Christina. My wife's family comes from a weird place in Colorado called the San Luis Valley. If you Google Weird San Luis Valley, Colorado, you'll see a bunch of stuff. It's primarily known for UFOs, cattle mutilations, and the Great Sand Dunes, (laughs) which are basically these mountains of sand surrounded by the Rockies. Anyway, my wife's family have stories about brujas, witches, along with uh, shapeshifters, skinwalkers, and UFOs. When her grandfather was in his 20s, he and two of his friends traveled about 30 minutes west to go to a drive-in movie. They stopped in town after and grabbed some food, so they ended up home around 11 p.m. They were driving down a two-lane highway heading east. According to her grandfather, suddenly an unseen light lit up the entire valley. They were able to see sagebrush for miles, and it was a strange greenish light. Then they all blacked out. When they came to, it was a few hours later. The truck was pulled off the road, kind of in a ditch facing west, the opposite direction that they were headed. Now, that's sort of classic UFO mm-hmm. material. Lost yeah. time. You know, and-
0: I. I also, I love the image of everything being so lit up that you could see sagebrush for miles. I feel like I could picture that.
1: Those odd moments where, I don't know, I guess maybe it's usually around the 4th of July here, like fireworks are happening and briefly you can sort of see hints of sky Mm -hmm. or something like that where it's like, ah, it's nighttime, but the world right now is lit up a little bit like it's day. It's so odd. It's like a very surreal feeling.
0: I love that. And I love the reverse when it's like really dark in the daytime because of a storm or something. So you have to put on lights inside. Oh, true. That's like my favorite lighting scheme is that it's weirdly dark during the day.
1: Yeah, I do love that too. Um, But even the idea of blacking out, waking up and you're in a different position than you were before is very much like the Betty and Barney Hill story, right? Weren't Mm -hmm. they in the car and then when they came back from their lost time, they'd switched positions or something like that?
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: Yeah. Um, So, all right. Sorry. Let me get back to the story here. Uh, When her grandfather, nope, sorry. About 10 or 15 years later, her grandfather needed an X-ray of his knee. After it was developed, the doctor came in and started looking for a scar, asking him if he had served in the military, um, worked on metals, or had ever come in contact with shrapnel. He had not. She then showed him his X-ray which showed a perfectly triangular piece of metal between his kneecap and the joint of his knee. As far as we know, it's still there. Now that's very Twin Peaks or something yeah. like that, where I think it's in the, the books written by- um, Mark Frost. Mark Frost. They talk about the, the little like tattoos or scars that are left on people who've had encounters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my wife has had some abduction experiences as well. And honestly, I was a little skeptical when I met her. But one night around 3 a.m., we were up later than usual and smoking on our back porch. We talked but got quiet when we heard a strange sound moving toward us, coming up from behind. It sounded almost like the helicopters slowed down in war movies, the sound of the propellers through the air. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. We both quickly ran into the house and could still hear it over the TV, and it sounded like it was now hovering above our house. Then the pressure in the house changed, feeling similar to the constricting pressure of an airplane. It remained like that for approximately one minute before the pressure went back to normal and the sound started to move away, traveling in the same direction. We didn't think much of it other than being a super weird occurrence until about a year ago. We were watching Hellier, highly recommend if you haven't seen it, and decided to actually really talk about what happened that night. Through our conversation, we found out we both had the same, what we thought to be imagined, image of me walking out from under the porch, turning around to look over the house, and then disappearing. Oh, Now, that's a doppelganger.
0: Yeah, that's very unnerving.
1: Yeah, right? Uh-huh. If you see an image of yourself or of right. a loved one who couldn't possibly be there, that's right. supposed to be an omen of... of I don't know. Death or or some other just awful fate. Mm-hmm. That's weird. So but obviously the rest of this is very UFO y, like shapeshifter I mean, they, uh, stuff, maybe. They
0: might all be connected. Sure. All yeah, of maybe. this kind of stuff. You mm-hmm.
1: know? Maybe this maybe everything that we consider supernatural and then we right. lump into categories like, you know, UFO, ghost, paranormal, yes. or sci-fi. Maybe it's all just different. Yeah. They're all just different from us.
0: Yeah. They're just different things that are all part of the same phenomena. That's definitely something that they kind of talk about in Hellier.
1: Oh, interesting. So fits. Yeah. Um, So Christina's got a a whole section here also just called ghosts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There are quite a few ghost stories considering I grew up near New Orleans and we had a paranormal investigation team until the pandemic started. But I'll share the weirdest one since this email is always really long. My in-laws had just bought a new home in Colorado. We were staying with them while on vacation. The first night, we had to stay in the basement because other family members took up the other rooms. As I was falling asleep, I heard a man whisper in my ear, Do you want some candy, little girl? Ugh! I opened my eyes immediately, and of course, no one was there.
0: And of course, I did not.
1: Oh, my God. A few nights later, we had moved to the upstairs guest room. Good choice. Mm Mm-hmm. We all decided to go to bed, and I went up the stairs while everyone stayed downstairs, saying goodnight. As I reached the top, I looked down the hall, which ended at a loft with another staircase with a window positioned right above that staircase. At the end of the hall, right in front of the window, was this huge shadow figure, nearly blocking out the light from outside. It was taller and broader than my six-foot-five brother-in-law. I immediately went into the room and pretended like I didn't see anything. When I went back out five minutes later, my father-in-law had turned on the light and was in the loft. The figure was gone. I went over to the staircase and window and quickly realized for a person to have been on the stairs in front of the window, they would have had to be over seven feet tall to be as large as what I saw.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I don't like that.
0: No. I've been about <laughs> shadow people a lot lately because really? it's something that so many people have experienced. Yeah. And it's not necessarily like old hag syndrome mm-hmm. where you can chalk it up to sleep paralysis because these people are awake, mm-hmm. but so many people report seeing them.
1: I, I wonder if what it's also – I know. It's easy, though, to also convince yourself you haven't really seen it because shadows are – right fuzzy and amorphous and hard to really get a grip of right so mm-hmm. you can sort of convince yourself that you just saw a, a shadow a, a real shadow maybe it was a shadow from a cloud overhead passing or maybe you just saw something weird out of the corner of your eye oh it was probably nothing mm-hmm. like you can convince yourself out of that very easily yeah um, absolutely I I, but i don't like this 7 foot tall hulking shadow creature i don't I'm like the voice is whispering i not
0: things that are too big
1: Correct. Yeah, you do not like a big, a big person, a big monster, whatever. No, I, I mean,
0: I mean, big, big, like sure. seven and up, Un- unusual. It, it makes me a little scared. Fair enough.
1: I, I find these stories to be very threatening and, yeah. and no good at all.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. So before we move on to our next story from Choi T, we would first like to tell you about our sponsor for this week's show, Ghost Girl Greetings. You guys are going to be extremely into this if you take our advice and go check out their website and shops.
1: It's true. And it's the perfect time for this. And also you should move fast because a lot of this stuff is selling out as well. Yes. I think that we all feel this way. Does the card selection at your local grocery store make you want to scream?
0: Want to add some ah, 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 to your gift giving?
1: Ghost Girl Greetings has a killer selection of handmade greeting cards inspired by your favorite horror and pop culture movies.
0: Yep. Ghost Girl Greetings makes horror and pop culture inspired greeting cards, wrapping paper and more. There are a lot of really, really cool products.
1: And right now, right this second, as you are listening, they have a killer selection of Valentine's Day cards and uh, giftables for all occasions like birthdays. Everything they offer is physically handmade by them and designed in-house.
0: So that's a big undertaking to keep a store stocked with things when there are only two people, because there are two designers behind Ghost Girl Greetings, who are making every single thing. It's really admirable and really creative and cool. And they make the sweetest stuff so I went I followed them on Instagram and I love their Instagram because they give you little previews of what's going to be coming out and also just other neat stuff but I went on to their, their shop today at ghostgirlgreetings.com to see what's new as of right now and not only do they have greeting cards which I knew they had off the top of my head but they have wrapping paper they have bookmarks that are really awesome there was um, a sometimes red is better bookmark like themed like pet cemetery sometimes yeah. dead is better um there was a the thing card with hunky kurt russell on the front of it <laughs> and they they have a really unique and neat style. It's colorful, but it's also um, kind of like light and feathery in a way that's just like really appealing. It's a little bit soft. So they're taking these subjects that are typically like hard lines, like Beetlejuice is a very loud, colorful, bold character. And they somehow preserve all of that, but soften it and make it unique in this really, really cool way. So I'd really encourage you to go check out their stuff. And I noticed that their Valentine's Day line was only released a few days ago as of us recording this, but some of it is already gone. Oh yeah. So I would hustle.
1: Mm-hmm. But they still, as of this recording, have acrylic pins. They've got a five card set. Of uh, Valentine's cards with Chucky, Annabelle, Pinhead, Jason Voorhees, and Ghostface mm-hmm. on them, and they've each got their own uh, of like the little candy hearts with phrases on them. So yeah. Ghostface is here, flanked with um, a, a candy heart that says "Call" and another candy heart that says "Me." <laughs> just,
0: I kind of want that. It's it's
1: like it's stuff that is just so like poppy and pleasant, and it'll make yeah. you smile just looking at it.
0: Yeah, it's it's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. You can find their spooky products, which are suitable for all occasions, at ghostgirlgreetings.com or by looking up Ghost Girl Greetings on Etsy. Plus, I would totally recommend following them on Instagram, at ghostgirlgreetings.
0: That's right. Seriously, I am such a fan. Will and I briefly met the artist behind Ghost Girl Greetings at a horror convention a couple of years ago, and they mm-hmm. were so nice to chat with, and I love their products. I'm just a really big fan, so definitely go check them out, and thank you so much, Ghost Girl Greetings, for sponsoring this episode.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Everybody, tell them that Guide to the Unknown sent you as well.
0: Yes, please let them know that this worked out doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Also, we just want to make sure you guys know that you can find Everything Guides the Unknown at Pod, including our Patreon, our merch store, our secret Facebook group. We'll tell you a little bit more about them at the end. But just so you know, you can find Everything Guides the Unknown at gttupod.com. Yep, yep. Okay. So now let's listen to this story from Choi T. She says, I'm a, Texas, I'm a Texas girl born and raised, but when I was about seven or eight years old, my family moved to Arizona for about 18 months from my dad's job. While living there, I had my first paranormal experience. One day, my mom asked me to get something from upstairs in her room. As I walked into my parents' room, something caught the corner of my eye. I looked across the hallway into my room and saw two figures in my bedroom. A man was sitting in my reading chair and a woman was standing to his side. I just stood there not really knowing what to do because of how these figures looked. The only way I can describe the man is as the stereotypical pilgrim with the hat and shoe buckles with shoulder length hair. The woman whose face, uh, the woman's face was distorted and she wore a nun's habit. Mm. But besides being dressed funny, the figures were also tinted blue, almost as if you took a black and white photo and then added a slight blue tint. They just stared at me, and I stared at them. They appeared to me moving in almost a stop-motion way towards my bedroom door. Finally, my mom yelled for me to hurry up, and they were gone. While this incident probably only lasted for a few minutes, it caused me to sleep in my parents' room until I was embarrassingly old. This incident also sparked my interest in the paranormal and weird. I would later find out that I was not the only one in my family with experiences of the Paranormal. My paternal gra- my paternal grandmother's family comes from a village, excuse me, a village in Bangladesh. I come where an from an an- a
1: village. Wait, what? I come from a village.
0: I live in a village. Um, a village in Bangladesh where an ancestor of mine supposedly talked to jinn, good or bad spirits usually portrayed as blue in some way. My maternal grandmother's people come from the hollers of Kentucky where backwoods magic and Christianity mix. I never told anyone about what I saw when I was seven or eight, but as I got older and my family noticed my interest in the paranormal and spooky, they started sharing their own stories. Ranging from my paternal grandmother swearing that my grandfather's mother put a curse on her oldest son, Mm. causing him to die after she visited him the first time, to my aunt who would have dreams about talking to my deceased grand-grand on the phone, only to wake with the house phone in her hand.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Wow.
0: So this is interesting in a couple of different ways. It's interesting that Jin are usually said to be blue and she noticed these figures in her room having a slight blue tint and also that they moved in that sort of like almost video skipping kind of way, the way that um the things moved and they follow.
1: Or it follows, sorry. Yeah, kind of. Or like the ring too, right? Mm-hmm. Like when I think about things being tinted blue, weirdly, like, first of all, I, I don't think I remember that the djinn are blue. That's, I didn't that's interesting. know that. Yeah. Um, but also it maybe I think there
0: are different stories of gin. sorry, from different places in the world. So right, maybe it's specific to Bangladeshi stories of djinn.
1: Yeah, maybe. But it also makes me think of, like, force ghosts or the fact that Samara in the ring comes out of a television and is therefore tinted blue. Like right. I don't know. Uh, not to say that any of those things matter. They're just. It's interesting that it sparks to mind other comparable spirit forces being blue. You know, I right. even think that, like when they made Casper the the movie Casper, I think that all those ghosts were kind of tinted blue, in a yeah, way. Yeah, you're like, right. Yeah. And, and blue is one of those colors that while it does appear in nature, obviously, the sky is blue, there are blue fish, blue birds.
0: Mm-hmm. It is
1: a somewhat uncommon color. You certainly don't see blue mammals very much. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's weird that like Chow Chow, the dog, have like right. blue, blue tongues. That's, that's like an outlier. So mm-hmm. the idea of anything humanoid being blue distinctly makes it other. Yes, I you're think. right. That's very interesting. Yeah. Great story. I agree. Um, and our next story is from Kelsey. A few years ago, I was in Bolivia with my boyfriend visiting his family, and we went to a party at his aunt's house. Everyone was hanging out in their basement with drinks, etc. And at one point, I went upstairs to use the bathroom, and I saw the aunt's son on the upper level playing cars with a little girl. There were a lot of people I had only just met at the party, so I didn't think anything of it. A little while later, my boyfriend went to the bathroom, and when he came back to the group, he asked his aunt who the little girl was. She was like, "What little girl?" <laughs> 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 he described <The> her. Best. <laughs> it's so great. It's classic. Any 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 story where somebody goes like, "Who's that guy?" and somebody goes, "What guy?" What that guy? is an instant chill up the spine moment. Yes, uh, I love it. Um, he went on to describe a girl of around eight years old in a white dress. I chimed in and said that I had seen her too. Everyone got really quiet. And his aunt said that no one at the party had a daughter. She went to check on her son and he was playing alone. Since then, they tell us that people occasionally see the little girl around the house. So Love it. Classic. They, they cued everybody to to see the little girl as well. They like clued them in that mm-hmm. there's somebody else in this house, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Nobody really saw her until they caught a glimpse of her and spread the story.
0: So I, I guess that could go to how much openness and belief play into seeing these sorts of things. So maybe the kinds, you know, I, I think that there are some people who seem like they constantly have a million stories of interacting with ghosts. And it's like, why does this person bump into a ghost? Like every block And other people have never seen one in their lives. Like, Mm -hmm. that person's nuts. But maybe because that person is open to seeing ghosts and kind of expecting to see them, they're able to. It opens some sort of portal or something.
1: Maybe, except that the original two people to see the, the ghost girl, aside from the kid who was playing with her, Kelsey and her boyfriend... They weren't anticipating seeing a ghost in any way, shape, or form.
0: So, well, like, though. I'm just talking about it, it. Speaks to a potential larger story of the way these things work. But you're oh, right. They, they didn't know.
1: Yeah, they didn't know. They they just thought mm-hmm. it was a kid. But then yeah. once everyone knew something is odd here, it seems to mm-hmm. me that the 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 storytelling, the like oral tradition of storytelling, spreads the yeah the influence of the kid, and so now more people are part of the story. More people mm-hmm. are able to see her occasionally.
0: Yeah, they're aware of it, and so Mm -hmm. maybe they're aware of her.
1: Yeah, I enjoy that quite a bit.
0: It's a fun thing. Okay, this next story is from Amber Audra. Mm -hmm. A little bit after college, I used to be a live-in nanny. This was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which can be a bit of a swanky town, and this family in particular was quite well off. It was by far the nicest house I've ever been in, let alone lived in. For reference, the last story you read by me took place when I was, excuse me, took place when my family and I lived in a mobile home. This house backed up to the local arboretum, which is like a plant thing, and I lived in a room in the basement with my own kitchenette and entrance. I felt like I was living in a fairy tale, or maybe like Mary Poppins if Mary Poppins was hungover a lot of the time. (laughs) I was incredibly hands-on with the kids, in charge of their school routine, helping them out with homework, taking them to and from after-school activities. I didn't get a day off, so when the family went on vacation and I had the house to myself, I was thrilled. Mostly because I got to use the shower upstairs instead of my shower infested my my infested basement stall oh. shower. <laughs> the first night I was playing video games in the basement living room area. My setup had my back turned to face the wall, which meant I couldn't see my door that leads to the outside, the small windows that were too high up on the ceiling that provided a small view of the outside, the fireplace, or the door that led to the upstairs. Next to me was a door that led to the kitchenette. As I played my night away, that is when the scratching started. Startled, I turned around. And it stopped. I turned back around, but once again, the scratching started. And again, as soon as I turned around to look at the windows and the door, it stopped. I didn't want to go outside to check for a predator, but I did fear that someone who knew the house could see that there were fewer cars than usual. Eventually, I called a friend over who experienced the same thing, and I ended up leaving to go to their house, both of us too spooked after experiencing over an hour of off and on scratching to stay at my place, even though the whole house was free. I did have to return home, though, and as night fell, the scratching returned. I knew it wasn't in my head because a friend experienced it as well. Could it have always been there, I began to wonder? I looked up the house's history, and I did find that someone died in it. To me, that felt like a eureka moment, and in silence, I tried to call out for the spirit to communicate. As I did that, a bat burst out of the (laughs) covered-up fireplace and began to circle the living room light. I screamed and ran back into my bedroom but then I realized I couldn't get out of my bedroom without going back into the room the bat was in. So I grabbed a book and crawled out of my bedroom window and sat on my lawn and cried for 10 minutes because my nerves were so raw from dealing with scratching in my walls for two days. Just so I don't leave you in suspense, I ended up walking to a friend's house because I left my phone with the bat. (laughs) I came home the next day and the bat was never found. When I moved out, the family tried to blame me for there being a lingering smell in the basement, but I swear to God that bat just died somewhere. Oh my God. Oh my God, Amber. It's
1: like a variety of nightmares all wrapped into one.
0: I would have been freaked the hell out.
1: Another like great story moment. Anything that's like, that's when the scratching started. Right. Yeah.
0: And I, I went to look and nothing happened. I turned back around. It starts again.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. Is somebody watching me? Are they paying attention to my movements? Right. And then the the, the animal, the bat bursting out. Who needs it? Right
0: when you're trying to communicate.
1: Who needs it?
0: <laughs> Who needs it? <laughs> <That's a laughs> Thank big you, problem. Amber. That's incredible. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. That's that's wild. <laughs> um, all right. I think this might be our pen- penultimate story. Yes,
0: it is. It is.
1: Coming to us from Vanessa, I practically grew up at my grandmother's house in rural Alabama. It seemed like we were always there. Of course, that means that I also grew up going to my grandma's church every Sunday. Being a very small town in Alabama, uh, Pisgah being the town, Rosal Baptist being the church, if you want to look into it more, meant that it was a small church that never really gained new members. It was just the same people every Sunday. Most of them were really old, and actually, a lot of them have passed now. This church consisted of three main parts. The fellowship hall, which was just the main kitchen dining room with a couple of Sunday school classrooms attached to it, the sanctuary, where the sermons were held, and the hallway of classrooms. Did I mention that the rest of the property is a cemetery? The kids go out and play in it after class.
0: Okay, that's what I did in preschool. Yeah, ditto. Yeah,
1: our our preschool was a part of a a church Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: we would go out and do grave rubbings. Yeah, and we still have some of them to be honest they're
0: somewhere. I I haven't seen them in a really long time, but I know that they're somewhere.
1: Yeah, I think that mom you know how like mom has that drawer that's full of like drawings that we did as kids and like school reports and stuff. I think the last time I saw them they were in there. But Mm -hmm. yeah, Kristen and I when we grew up in our like small town in Connecticut, we were in the graveyard Quite a
0: bit. (laughs) A lot. yeah, A lot. Because that was like the outside of the church.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, I also, I think that I've talked about it on the show, but William, I don't know if you have this experience at the school too. It's not exactly paranormal, but it's like little kid creepy. I remember playing like the gingerbread man game. You know what I mean? Like run as fast as you can, can't catch me in the gingerbread man. And they hide the gingerbread man somewhere. I remember playing that in, not in the church itself. It was like a building attached to the church, but you would go it, only during the catching the gingerbread man game. Did we go in these areas that you would not normally go into? I remember there was an area that I guess had kind of like a stage. Cause it was, I guess it was kind of the community center attached sure, to the church. Yeah. And um, yeah, there were, there was like a stage and it was kind of scary, but I loved it. Did you ever do that in school? Do you remember?
1: I You know, I do remember doing specifically, you know, the gingerbread man, stuff I do I do like remember like kids hiding behind headstones (laughs) I guess I don't know if it was literally the gingerbread man but I do think that we were playing like tag and hide and seek Mm -hmm. in a graveyard at you know five years old or whatever.
0: New England is very weird. <laughs> it, is, it is weird, right? New England is, it's strange. You just take for granted that all this stuff around you is old as hell. I know. So like, these were, this was like an ancient, well, not ancient, but a very old graveyard. This wasn't like a place in use that people were having funerals on the reg. It's just like a very old graveyard. Mm-hmm. And there would be um like old stone fences. They're from like the 1800s. Or I guess you would say stone walls, like low stone walls that kind of line the roads all over the place and you just take it as like, yes, yeah, this is where I live, but everything is like historic. Yeah. I, I, I guess you can say of everywhere, but just it's a wild scene. man. I
1: guess so. But I, it didn't have its own sort of quality, uh, particularly uh-huh. to be a, a kid and, and not have any frame of reference for like now as an adult, like I think about, you know, even just the age of America and it's nothing compared to the rest of the world, uh-huh. but it's, you know, I guess, you know, New England is, is one of the oldest parts of, you know, America itself, like the United States of America. Plus when you're a little kid, this stuff is like from a million years ago.
0: Mm -hmm. Who knows?
1: Like it was, it was very, it's very weird. It's kind of the memories to me are kind of dreamlike.
0: They are. It's crazy. Like, were there people who lived in a lot of other states who would have a field trip to like a tiny colonial house where somebody dressed in garb teaches you like apple coring?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't With know. With old
0: technology? I, I don't there, know. It could I, be.
1: I do bet there are a lot of people that have had that experience, but that stuff I don't think is just everywhere too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Um back to the story. I always had I'd always had an odd feeling about the hallway of classrooms specifically. Nowhere else in the church did I feel anything except comfort from being in an old familiar place. My grandma cleans the church every Thursday and has been doing that probably since before I was born. When we would visit her house, I would go to her. Uh, I would go with her to "quote unquote" help as a little kid. Helping was actually just me going into whichever classroom had the best markers. However, even even when I was <laughs> young and very sheltered, so I wasn't really aware of the paranormal, I'd be excited over the markers I found. Still, after only a few minutes of being left to draw and play while she cleaned, I'd go running around trying to find her because I had a bad feeling. These feelings never went away and actually got worse as I got older. When I would visit my grandparents, I would still go to help clean the church, but I would actually clean this time. My my primary task was, you guessed it, vacuuming the hallway of classrooms. Since I was older, I tried to ignore the uneasy feelings and would stay by myself instead of sticking with my grandma. It didn't help when I would turn off the vacuum and hear footsteps walking toward and away from me, though. You could stand completely still with everyone accounted for and still hear the footsteps. They were very distinct. My six-foot-four uncle will tell you to this day about the time he was there alone vacuuming and got so freaked out that he left the vacuum running and bolted out of the church. That is very much the sort of thing that I might yeah. do <laughs> where <laughs> theoretically since i'm a tall giant i'm supposed to be tougher or something like that but yeah, i that will that
0: tall i feel i'm are you
1: i'm pretty i don't know i'm like six three
0: no you're not yeah i am really well, I, I don't, don't know how I, told don't, you think I don't I am. find you very tall at all
1: really do you not
0: no you're taller than me, but I, I'm not like, oh, wow, Will's such a tall guy.
1: Interesting. Okay. But yeah, uh, yeah like I, I, I will scare myself while taking out the garbage sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's, I'm very simple. <laughs> um, my fears only became more pronounced when I mentioned to my father one night that I didn't really want to be alone on that end of the church, only to hear him confess that he has also had bad feelings about it. <laughs> my dad is not the type to admit when things freak him out unless he's really uncomfortable with it. So it was a pretty big deal to me for him to admit that he didn't even want to be there at all. He told me of times from before I was born when he would run from room to room trying to figure out who was trying to burst in through the windows only to go outside and find no one there. I have heard the knocking on the windows as well. There was a particular room down the hallway that I always found more strange than others. I could swear to anyone who asked that I had never seen anyone going into or coming out of that room. It only had about 10 chairs in there, all facing the doorway with a podium up at the front. Just the fact that the room was set up so differently from literally every other room in the church might have been what started the creepy feeling. Well, after about a decade, maybe longer, of this room completely unchanged, I walked in one day to vacuum and all the chairs had been replaced with entirely different chairs. Now they were all in a large circle up against the wall with weird stains on the carpet in the very middle. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. no. That's
0: not good.
1: Everyone gather around and watch me make a stain on this carpet. That's not good at all. Oh, no. Hey, everyone want to come by tonight and watch me make a stain? I won't tell you how. But you'll find (laughs) out by being there. And then there will be evidence that remains.
0: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: (laughs) This isn't good. No. Believe it or not, there is also a notorious bathroom. Hmm. it's a bathroom that has two doors one connects to the hallway of classrooms and the other goes directly into the nursery both my dad and my brother have had strange experiences surrounding this bathroom my brother's story is the most remarkable of the two (laughs) here we go it's time for a remarkable (laughs) bathroom story
0: (laughs) two bathroom
1: stories this episode i know with the jackpot yeah he was there helping clean as usual, and all of a sudden he heard loud, thudding footsteps running from the end of the hall, past him, and into the bathroom. He heard the doors slam. Of course, doing the exact opposite, as anyone else would have done, he went to see what had made the noise. He rushed into the bathroom, found the light, found the light turned on, and the faucet in the sink on as well. My dad's story isn't as bombastic, but just as eerie. He was standing in the hallway cleaning the water fountain when he heard heavy footsteps run past him to the bathroom. He went to investigate, and to his surprise, the door slammed behind him. As I said, my dad isn't easy to scare and isn't a very firm believer in the paranormal, but even he didn't like staying in the hallway of classrooms after that. Another small detail that could have been something but could also be a coincidence was regarding the folding tables they used in the fellowship hall. They were large tables that had attached seating and could be folded up to be put against the wall to make room. I noticed one night when I was bored and the work was done that a particular seat had something carved into it. I walked over to try to make it out and it turned out to be 666 and a pentagram. I asked my grandmother about it, and she said it was probably there when the tables were donated to them. But when I asked my brother, he said that he had noticed it too, and it had definitely not been there before. By now, you may have noticed how I refer to the church entirely in the past tense. In 2016, a year after I graduated in that very place, a tornado went through the area and took only the strange hallway. It had to be completely rebuilt, and the only other part of the church that was damaged was the sanctuary, and that was only water damage due to being exposed by the missing hallway. It was bittersweet to get the news that the classrooms that had so many memories were no longer there. But luckily, the community really banded together and helped rebuild a beautiful building that would help make new terror-free memories. That's a lot going on. In that place. I I love, I have a very strong visual sense of what this church is like and the way Mm -hmm. that it probably was also something of community center, even down to the folding tables with the chairs attached, which I think were a feature of the high school that we went to Mm -hmm. like, and if they were donated and, you know, if they were donated from a high school like ours, there were definitely dopes at the high school that might have carved something into the tables something for into sure. the chairs. you know
0: maybe somebody carved something like devil into another one of the tables
1: maybe maybe we
0: have uh well not anymore but we had an, an old desk that william had carved the word devil simply into when he was a youth i don't a
1: misguided know misguided youth it was like a beautiful old writing desk yes and i besmirched <laughs> it That's right. (laughs) uh,
0: Well, I one time got in trouble totally rightly. I think it's crazy that I did this. I was lawless. I doodled by carving into a side table in the living room, a 70s style platform shoe, which was something that I often doodled on things. I carved that into a side table in the living room. We lived in Connecticut.
1: Oh, that's weird. I know. Why'd you do that?
0: Bad. I Hmm. don't know.
1: You know, uh, one time I saw a room where all the chairs were in a big circle, in the middle there was a stain, and that was probably where somebody doodled as well. <laughs>
0: right. They were bad. They
1: were bad.
0: That chair, I, what color was that stain, I wonder? I really,
1: like, I don't yeah. like that at all. <laughs> I don't like the I, idea. That
0: is so weird. What is the explanation for that?
1: Everyone's sitting in a big circle, and an activity that results in a permanent stain will occur.
0: Right. That's what not the good. hell must that have been?
1: It's the kind of activity that, that brings you a tornado.
0: Right. I want no part of
1: it. I don't like that at all.
0: No, but I love that story.
1: All the same dynamite story. Thank you very much, Vanessa.
0: Yes, truly. I love that. And I did. I feel like I could kind of picture it as well. I was partially picturing it as our church slash preschool from Connecticut. Was, me too. It worked.
1: Yeah, me too entirely. Yeah, loved it.
0: Okay, so this is our final story for this batch of listener episode, uh, Excuse me, listener stories. Thank you again so much to everybody who sent them in. This has been so delightful. And here we go. This one is from Chloe. Like you, I'm a celebratory skeptic. I'm not an ardent believer, but I love this stuff. And I believe that people have real experiences with unexplainable phenomena. This is one of those stories. In a vintage shop in Minneapolis, I was shopping with a friend and spotted a kitschy cat in a basket by the register. More specifically, it was a wooden carving of a yellow-eyed cat's face with a big green fish in its mouth. I picked it up and realized it was a hair clip, and despite the shop being pretty pricey, this item was only a dollar. I decided to buy it. When I got home, I tried to take a picture of it, but each photo I took, the picture ended up blurry. I'd never had this problem before, so it struck me as odd, but not impossible. Over the next year, when I looked in my jewelry box and saw the clip, I got this intense feeling of dread. This thing's eyes were fluorescent yellow, and its teeth around the fish were pointy and sharp. I wore it a few times just to prove to myself that I am brave (laughs) and put um, exclamation points in parentheses. I am brave. That I am brave, but eventually I put it in a sealed bag in a sealed box in my closet with the rest of my discarded jewelry. Later I gave it to my friend a hair related gift for a hairstylist but she gave it back to me a few months after that. I felt like I I felt like it needed to go back to you, she said. This was when I suspected it had some bad vibes attached. I still couldn't photograph it without blurring. So I put the call out on Instagram. Haunted hair clip name your price. An acquaintance from California was interested and seemed okay with the potential haunting months later she texted me telling me of her recent history of sudden panic attacks and extreme anxiety we decided to mail it to the traveling museum of the paranormal and occult so as so as of 2019 the Newkirks have it now i have no hard evidence that this item was cursed or haunted but the fact that it solicited such an emotional response from everyone i came in contact with is pretty compelling at least as first-hand witnesses
1: this feels like when we covered like scp or something right like i don't know what attributes this hair clip has that result in everybody having such an awful time when it's in their possession but something's up with it
0: could this hair clip have some sort of weird emf frequency attached to it that's very strong that almost creates a fear cage for anybody who has it in its possession
1: maybe maybe it's like you know a hair clip is then like uh, right? If it's a clip, then it's got sort of two metal prongs that that are parallel to each other, which is like a tuning fork. Maybe the 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 two sides of the hair clip resonate right. and draw maybe. energy to it. Um, oh, maybe. Maybe the hair clip was once owned by somebody who who uh, you know liked to create mischief.
0: Yes, While having their a trickster. Hair it's a trickster it. hair
1: clip. A trickster hair clip, Kristen. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I guess what I'm really saying is like, who really necessarily even cares what the deal is with it? It does this. It makes right. people have panic attacks. It makes people very, very, very uncomfortable, full of dread. It will worsen your life if you own it.
0: Right, I, and it's so funny because it's a goofy looking thing. It doesn't look sinister right. in any way, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more intriguing to me.
1: Oh, a thousand percent. Also, the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult, huh? I I am unfamiliar.
0: I, you know, William, you should be familiar because I've talked to you about it a million times. I am a patron of the Traveling Museum of the Paranormal and Occult. The Newkirks are a big part of Hellier, and I keep talking to you about both of these things. You never listen. I don't listen to what you say.
1: Why would I listen to what you say? (laughs) Give me one good reason.
0: Oh, the traveling museum. I've heard, oh, I've heard that. Yeah, you have.
1: All right. Well, I didn't, I didn't. I haven't had a personal enough experience. Then, has that?
0: Maybe it's time.
1: There, it, you can only be told. You know, it's a, a, a show, don't tell. Right? Like maybe you've told me about this, but I haven't forged the emotional connection with them yet. I'm right, sure I sure. will. I'm sure well, I it's will. It's time.
0: Yeah. I love them.
1: Okay. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 you're, you're being very intense right now. It's a little more spice than I anticipated.
0: William, we're putting on a show, baby. I'm not mad at you.
1: <laughs> Kristen, Kristen, Kristen. little
0: razzle-dazzle for the people at home.
1: Look at you. What a pro. Right. <laughs> um, well, there you go, everybody. That's mm-hmm. another round of listener stories from all of you out in the world.
0: Yes, thank you so much for sending them. We really, really loved them. This is a great string of episodes. Please go check out Ghost Girl Greetings online. Thank you so much again to them for sponsoring this episode. You can go to ghostgirlgreetings.com, search for Ghost Girl Greetings on Etsy, and also follow them at Ghost Girl Greetings. And you can also follow us online. We're at Pod, and we have all kinds of stuff out there for you that are extras from this show. You can go to patreon.com/slash pod where we have a secret podcast that's just for people who support the show over there at the $4 or more per month level. It's called the Netherworld Dispatch. It comes out on the 13th of every month. And it's awesome. There are 17 episodes over there as we record right now and there will be more and more. There's also a discord just for patrons, which is basically a modern-day chat room where everybody in there you have something in common with. You guys all enjoy guides to the unknown and people suggest other things to each other in there or just talk about stuff. They share pictures from their lives, tell them about things that are coming up. It's really really awesome. And the other thing that is attached to Patreon is that we do monthly live streams. So so on the first weekend of every month, we have a live stream. We'll obviously let you know about it as it comes up. But it's a really fun, really cool community over there. And we would love to have you because it's a cool community and also because it really, truly does help keep the show going and happening so thank you so much to all of our existing patrons
1: yeah thank you all so much also uh we usually record this show live every wednesday on youtube.com slash so that you can be part of the live studio audience or you can even watch the show after the fact and it's because of that that i can see a live chat running right this second and see one of our listeners kb saying i just ordered some things from ghost girl greetings like it's it's already happening awesome. it's already begun um,
0: join the Congrats, party, rats! Because they have the coolest stuff.
1: It's totally true. But like the, the guide to the unknown community is 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 wonderful, and mm-hmm. like we've got some like really enthusiastic, really supportive followers. And um, one of the ways that people out there can really support this show and make a big difference is also by leaving us reviews, maybe on Podchaser, Stitcher. You can recommend us on Facebook, or you can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, just like me, Sierra Sundead, saying funny and informative. In a non-boring way. Hmm. I work from home as a dog groomer, and it gets lonely, and I wish I had someone to talk to about scary things or stories. As I was digging into my mind about buying a scary game, I searched up Silent Hill, and I found this podcast. After listening to three different episodes, I wish these two were my brother and sister. As an only child, this is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to daily.
0: So thank you, oh, Ms. Sierra you. That's really nice.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah, make sure you all follow at GTTU Pod to keep up to date with what we're doing. New episode releases, uh, any news that happens to break from our little world, you'll uh, be tuned into right away. There is a a, a Facebook group on Facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU Pod if uh, that's where you prefer to chat with people. And you can also follow us online.
0: That's right, I'm at Chillin' Kristen.
1: And I'm at The Myth Traveler. So hey, we will be back again next week for more spooky stuff from us to you. But until that time comes, we must travel.
0: Back to the netherworld, go we.
1: Bingo. Bingo. Bango. Bongo.
0: Bingo bammy.
1: Bingo, bango, bongo. How perfect is that?
0: How perfect is that? Oh, excellent. Oh, good boy, Crummy.
1: What a good boy. Oh, good boy. He knew that the show was over. So that's when he woofed. Yep. That is wild. Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer Riley Bray, we make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right, every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts. their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness like the time when we talked to craig ferguson about the loch ness monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic or the time i asked pitch perfect Santa camp her opinion on cattle mutilations Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all
0: the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot Bigfoot Collectors Club, Club. you're You're here here to to believe believe us. us.
1: Wait, is that how it goes?